Well, also, HIPAA violation? Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where it's not always sunshine and popsicles. My name is Mary. And I'm Josh, and I would like to say that they should be mango popsicles if they're going to be popsicles. Ew. And I'm Melanie, and I personally believe in sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Yeah. And Skittles. And Sarah is missing tonight. Sarah is off tracking down a lead right. in the search for Christopher's father. Yeah. yeah. She's she's personally typing everyone's blood. <laughs> yes. Yes. Blood. Or, or retroactively DNA testing everybody because this would have just made this go so much faster if we had that back then. Yes. Anyway, I would like to thank our Patreon members, Brendan Fillick, Captain America, Sheen Pye, Lauren Bernheim, Brad Maholland, Anita Wren, and Kristen Carlano. They went to patreon.com and got access to listen to outtakes, listen to extra little episodes, and listen to our book club, which we are reading uh, Dallas by Lee Raintree. We have 10 chapters on there now, and each chapter is like 20 to 30 minutes long. So it's like a book on tape, folks. So if you're interested in that, go to patreon.com slash ewingbbq. It's like it's like reading erotica. It's like oh my god, erotica. yeah. I read the last chapter and it was, dude. It was kind of gross. It was Jock having sex with this lady, and it's there was a whole mm. thing about like a, she pushed her black bush in his face. Like it was, <laughs> it's a thing, man. Oh god, I'm telling you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then they got into a fight in the middle of sex and like Jock slaps her and then that turns around. Like it's a whole thing. So Wow. Uh, uh. Well. Anyway. Anyway, and this I also always, happens today, Bobby's born. Spoiler. I always alert. knew Roberta Lessing was dirty little hoe bag. Yeah. <laughs> is she in the series at all or is she just in the book? No, no, just in the book. And she's referen uh the, Le- the Lessings, Roberta or Joanna Lessing, is referenced in the song Who Killed Jock Ewing, sung by Steve Keneally on the Dallas Music Story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So today oh, is cool. uh, August 23rd, and we want to send a special birthday greeting out to Barbara Eden, Miss Leanne de la Vega, uh, who turned 91 today. And I'd never realized until wow. recently that she was about a month older or so than Larry. I, I, I always assume she was younger. But so like the same age? Yeah. Okay. Both born 1931. And uh, I just saw this the other day. On Tuesday, September 27th, at 1.30 p.m. at the PNC Bank Arts Center in New Jersey, our own Deborah Renard and Al Sapienza are going to be performing The Soundtrack of Our Lives, which is uh, basically... Just a collection of songs that they sing together, and anyone in the New Jersey area might want to look that up. It's on her Facebook page and her Instagram, if that's Deborah Renard. Uh, don't remember her. Cool. <laughs> everybody remembers Sly. Yeah. But, everybody uh, knows Sly. Cool. Awesome. Well, tonight we are talking about Season 5, Episode 10, Episode 87 of the series, Starting Over. Why are you angry? I need a baby. I can't have one. I can't adopt one. JR has taken out some very large loans. And with the price of oil dropping... You think he made default? I gave you everything I had. I haven't seen the baby. It's going to cost you an extra 5000 The baby turns out to be legitimate. You get $30,000. You can't sell your crude. Can't afford to keep it. Enjoy your 10 days, JR. Because after that, there's not going to be any more JR Ewing at Ewing Oil. It, it was written and directed by Leonard Katzman, aired December 11th, 1981. The number one Billboard hit in the U.S. on this date was still Physical by Olivia Newton-John, R.I.P. Uh, the number one film in the country was, once again, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It had gone down in the ratings and then shot back to number one during this, its 26th week of being released. Which co-starred Karen Allen, who appeared on Knott's Landing. Yeah, sweet. Top news stories this week. Um, On this actual date, this same night, was Muhammad Ali's last ever fight. 
Really? And he lost to Trevor Burbick. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Um, and then there was also a mine explosion in Whitwell, Tennessee, that killed 13 people. It's a pretty big deal. And born on this very day, December 11th, 1981, uh, born was Rebecca Brunson, who is a WNBA basketball player and coach. Jeff McComsey, who's a graphic novel author and illustrator. Kevin Phillips, actor. You might know him from Shameless, Law and Order Criminal Intent, Cookout, or Notorious. And Zachy Vengeance, who is a guitarist for the band uh, Avenged Sevenfold, who I don't know. It doesn't I look like my type of music, but think he was born I today. Heard of them. Well, good for them. Nope. <laughs> yeah. And on Dallas. On Dallas, this episode actually came in number two in the weekly ratings. We're a little slippage going on here. Hmm. Uh, Edmund Gilbert, who played Paul Winslow, the stockbroker, was um, also played Sean Cassidy and Parker Stevens' father on the Hardy Boy Mysteries. And co-star Bruce Gray, who appeared in this episode in a role that's not listed in my booklet here. <laughs> Uh, played Dr. Oh, he plays Dr. Alan Cosby. Returned to Dallas in episodes 234, 323, 351, and 354 as different characters. So just them recycling actors on the show in different roles, which they were very good at. And this is the last episode as a regular for Jared Martin, who also did make appearances in four other seasons, including the penultimate episode of the original series. And uh, mm -hmm. that's all they that's wrote it. in that book all for right. now. Cool. Well, we open on South Fork. Um, someone is leaving as Bobby walks out to breakfast to see Pam sitting by the pool. That was a different angle on the uh, departure from the ranch. Nice nice change of the camera angle. It was. Shoot, shooting from the... Yep. Uh, yep. For, from from angled from right to left as the car pulled out and drove yeah. away. Yeah, I'm gonna assume it was Jr. Maybe leaving for work. Yeah, that that was that was his car. Okay. Yeah, it was Jr. Car. Okay, I'm really yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I'm terrible at recognizing cars. So okay, <laughs> so okay, yes, it was Jr. Leaving. So yeah, Bobby walks out. Pam's sitting by the pool, staring in the space like <laughs> Pam has been doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Just looking at you through those crazy eyes. And Bobby's like, hey. Yeah. He's like, so it's time to go back to the hospital. And she doesn't want to go back. I don't want to go back to the hospital. I can hear it now. Hey, it's like, like, girl. All right. He's being the voice of reason again, finally, and good for him. It's the safest thing for her right now. Right. Yes. Totally. She's not, totally. She's not too far removed from... Trying to do a uh, face plant off the roof of the building. Right. And she's literally staring off into space and just being kind of uh, obviously like not well. So then she's like, I don't want to go back. He's like, mm, but you probably should go back because mm, I think you need to. So luckily he talks her into it. Yes. Hmm. And he sh she should go back and tell Dr. Conrad how she feels. You know, if she thinks she's... but. Uh, yeah. Pam, you're you're not well, woman. No, she's really not. Um, so we cut to Ewing Oil. Jared's uh, drinking coffee. He's not drinking alcohol, unless he's yeah, put a little nip in it. Unless he's having Irish coffee. Mm, there's a good chance. With all that he has going on, it, it would be well advised for him to be drinking Irish coffee with all of his troubles. <laughs> or just coffee, because he needs to like actually figure shit out. Like He needs mm -hmm. to not be day drunk. Today, you know, because so much, he has shit to do. He has so much for the functioning he's alcoholic. A, he's dug right? himself in a hole. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I like how Jordan and Vaughn just like they call Jr's bluff, and like Vaughn does a total mustache twirl moment as he's walking up. There's not going to be any more Jr. Ewing. You know that that whole kind of <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Yes. Oh my god. They they were they were in on that and, whole thing about Ewing six the whole time which is which is so great I know, to see but them. Jr. whips it out like 
guess what? Hey, did you know Cliff Barnes sold you out? <laughs> They're like, yeah, that was his plan the whole time. We told them that it was stupid, that you're not dumb enough to fall for it, but I guess you are. So when JR looks up like that at the ceiling, he, that's not the first time. Maybe it is the first time he's done it. It's definitely not the last. I'm like, is when he looks up at the ceiling, I'm like, is that motherfucker praying? Like, is, is he, pr- like, what oh. is, yeah. Did, have you ever noticed when he, d- he does that? Uh, spoiler, he does it when on the spoiler, but he, mm-hmm. he sits back and he's like kind of looking up at the ceiling and I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Why are you looking at the ceiling? <laughs> I think it's him being introspective. Honestly, I think that's him like actually being like, it's, oh shit. Like, like I, I noticed to- it. It's like, that's well, an we, interesting. We don't notice the ceiling because on the ceiling, he actually has a tic-tac-toe board and he, or in a, and he's playing tic-tac-toe on the ceiling. So he's just. He's got different games drawn on the ceiling, so he's just kind of looking up and going, or like boop, boop. or like chess, like in the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> yeah, if anybody exactly. Because so, we don't know what he's looking at on the ceiling. No, I think he's actually. I mean, he could be praying. I don't know. I've never actually thought about that. I can't believe that Jr. would. Maybe who knows? Um, <gasps> but uh, he's Pr- definitely praying to Satan. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's having his. Those are his worry moments, like. Am I in over my head here? No, no, I'm J.R. Ewing. I'm not in over my head. I don't, I don't, I don't get ulcers. I give ulcers. Right. Yeah. He keeps thinking he has the upper hand, and they like they they're putting him in his place, and then then they like and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the whenever Jordan enters an office, he just has that that casual little like saunter in, just kind of looks around. He has that. That mean, Jordan is just know. constant chill. Like that mm-hmm. dude, yeah. I think he smokes a lot of weed or something. He's just, he's got a constant chill going. He might have know. one of those cannabis farms in his yard. Maybe, I don't know. He's just that's, what his, that's what his wife does all day, why we never see her. She's the <laughs> cannabis caretaker. Maybe, maybe. Um, so then we cut to Dusty. And he's been getting up super early before sunrise to ride his horse every morning. So Solon's hardly been seeing him. He's trying to jumpstart his body and his dick on a horse so that he can <laughs> he definitely get is. himself. Yeah. And he, he's, he's hobbling up to the table and he says to them, oh, no, I feel great. And Sue Ellen's worried that she's going to lose him because of his quote-unquote stubborn male pride. Yes. I feel like stubborn male pride is a whole, mm-hmm. like, uh, it's a whole it's a thing theme. this episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. I it's wrote the same thing. It's a, yeah. I said, yeah. I see a pattern here. Men trying to prove mm-hmm. their manhood, and they could give a fuck about their wives and girlfriends and how much they love them just as they are. Right, but, but I, using it as an excuse, like, well, I have to do this because of my wife slash girlfriend. It's like, but but you, you don't. really they don't, don't. no. And right. Sue Ellen, right. like, she's intuitive on some of this stuff. Like, she knows, she she knows, like, yeah. she knows it's over. She's already calling it. Like, she knows they're in yeah. trouble. I know. I know. And she's when she's made up her mind, like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Right, and yeah. as no sooner does she say uh, "stupid male pride" than I go, then I wrote. Speaking of stupid male pride, we cut to sweaty Ray chopping wood in his yard with another issue of male pride. Oh my god! With an oiled up chest, drink. <laughs> <laughs> he has an oiled up chest. Got to drink. It's been a while. Yes. And that, and you know, that's straight from the Ewing Oil Reserve, right? Oh yeah, this, he he got the bottle out of the closet. Lubed up. Yeah. Uh, That's from the um, uh, field Ewing 69. <laughs> <laughs> and Donna's like, dude, what are you doing? It's super hot outside. And it's not like it's literally not going to be a cold winter. Why are you chopping all this wood? And then he, at first he's just like, I just like to exercise. And she just calls bullshit. She's like, can we just talk like a couple like married people? Like, and then she gives this whole backstory, like, you know, I used to just shove food in my face every time that I felt overwhelmed or whatever. And then I realized I should, and then she she says, I was a fat fat little kid. I'm like, oh, okay, Donna. Uh." But then she, she's like, then I learned to talk to people about stuff and then it helps me and it can help you. It's like an infomercial right there. (laughs) It really is. More yeah. like to talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Welcome to our after school special. <laughs> yes, this is as if we, if you know, if we, this would be really good if we had a sponsor, <clears throat> Talkspace. Mm. We would be great for that because we could be like, Ray needs Talkspace. Yeah. So anyway, she's like, we're married. You should be able to talk to me. What the hell? And he's just basically like, yeah, I can't do it. I need to like talk to a dude. I need to talk to Jack. And she's just kind of like, okay, cool. But you know what? I wish you had more faith in me. And then he gets all like mad because of that, which is like. And then he chucks that beer can. Ooh. But like, you don't. You can't be mad, Ray. Like, she's offering a lot to you right now. She really is. But he's he's basically like, I want my daddy. Like, hur, 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 hur. I'm going to yeah. throw my can. Look, she, I get it. She doesn't have the jock mm. cock. She definitely doesn't. No. Well, it's also just, um, again, stupid male pride. He doesn't. I don't wait. think a lot of the, I don't, I, the men did not understand that their marriages are partnerships. And it's not about, it's about supporting each other and building each other up. It's not necessarily about finances or, you know, decisions or anything like that. Being, be a sounding board. Or competing to see who's more successful. Yeah. Being a sounding right. board, somebody to bounce ideas off of. They're more in competition with each other than they are married and supporting each other. Cause he gets, Ooh, he gets Ray? yeah, it's like only on he, Ray's he part from his from from his, he, he's competing. She's not. She's just living right, her life, he, being he, awesome. Yeah, and he <laughs> he gets jealous whenever she has a success, and then he is met when yeah. she has a success. He's met with a failure, just to kind of show the opposites. And so this it, is where there, you know, they always say like this was like a chauvinist show, but this is where I counter that because I think it show like it's showing chauvinism, yes, but it's showing how toxic it can be. And how it's negative and it's going to, it's affecting his marriage and how like, maybe you shouldn't be that way because look, you actually, you have an awesome wife. Fucking talk to her, you know? Mm-hmm. So. He's too busy oiling his chest and worrying about money. He really is. And JR is also worried and he wants Sly to get a hold of Mr. Paul Winslow in New York City. And for uh, audio, our listeners, that is uh, someone that he met through. Leslie Stewart is a stockbroker who wanted to take you in oil public. I was happy for that reminder. And now JR is throwing a Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. He JR really is throwing is. he's throwing a Hail Mary. Yep. Well, and, and yeah, you know not, what? Not our Mary. Not our Mary. It's so funny because he <laughs> thinks that he oh hail me. He thinks he can get his company public within ten days. Like it, it takes time, dude. You gotta you know, like file with the SEC and get this and that and the other thing. So this is gonna be fun. Like he's expecting to go to New York and like, yeah, uh, throw my stock, throw stock on the market. I need money right now. Like, dude, really? Right. You're an idiot. It's just that easy. <laughs> it's so just easy throw it up there. <laughs> yeah. give, give me five hundred million dollars. Like, okay, buddy. I'm new, like, oh my god, this reminds me. Do you remember those like? Uh, what pace commercials or or old El Paso or one of those salsa commercials where they'd be like New York City? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Jr. Ewing is literally salsa in New York City right now. Like he's out of his element. Uh huh. <laughs> oh my god, that is so. I love that comparison. Jr. is salsa. <laughs> he so is. Nice. He just he goes in and be like, I'm fucking Jr. Ewing, and you're gonna make my company public, right? And they're like, "What? Who? No, no that's not happening, buddy." Yeah. Are you a? No. Nope. Are you? Jr. You is that is that a, a, a another stockbroker? Are you a Wall Street person? How would I have heard right. of you? Exactly. I, that name doesn't ring a bell. The Quasimodo <laughs> does. And then Bobby goes to see his friend Alan Crosby, MD. Which I like Crosby because it's a little because it's about that whole storyline. It's a little throwback to Mary Crosby, maybe. It's it was actually Cosby C O S B Y was it yeah oh I sh- oh I was trying to read his little nameplate so this yeah, is why H D will be really good and it I I just confirmed it with the book it said Dr okay. Alan Cosby you put the pudding so, in the poopoos yeah. in the pudding business uh, no Bill Cosby jokes we don't talk about him <laughs> <laughs> I think so Bobby said that they went to college together is that right that's how they know each other. I didn't get that they established a they, their friendship. They they established that they had been friends, right? Mm-hmm. The, I I just didn't get oh. where, but 
Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I guess I was just assuming college, but I don't know. That's where, anyway, I, that's where everybody just, comes from. Bobby made a very weird comment. Like he was like, "I wish, yeah. I wish it was me." Remember, like, because he, he was oh. like, "Bobby, are you in trouble?" And he's like, "No, I wish it was." And it was like, that's a weird like, thing to say. Like, it is. Like, Kristen tried to get that to happen. Remember? Yeah, like, that was a thing she really wanted to happen. I so, was like, "Well, you okay. you might Good end idea. up with a baby for Pam to adopt." Oh, spoiler! Oh, spoil! Uh, what? <laughs> what? Uh, what? Uh, You're cutting that. But anyway, oh, but foreshadowing. This Ellie guy can't be. Can't be convinced that it's not Bobby. Like Mm-mm. he's like, it's not me. It's not about me. It's a friend of mine. Right. He's that's like, that's okay. all. That's like wait, always. Wait. I'm I'm asking for a friend, which right. means that friend is myself. Right. But he lays out the interesting scenario that the mother had. Say the the child had A B blood and the mother had A, and the would the, fa- the father have B? Well, you know, how do you run these tests and. He's going over some medical jargon to explain the testing and the determining what's not likely to be the father's and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So medical jargon. Blah, 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 blah. Medical jargon. And he basically concludes that like if the baby is if if someone has type B, they very well could there's a pretty high chance they could be the father. As long but it's it's also really like or not, because there's so many things that can be a thing. R- RH factors and all this other. Then we got to Brook Tree, where Pam was in therapy, and girl is not happy to be in therapy again. Mm-mm. No, because she's just she just keeps asking her questions like, "How did you feel leaving South Fork?" You know, and she's like, "I wasn't happy." But we did learn that she um, understood why her mother left her, and she's not. She says that, that, but she doesn't, she doesn't even like explain. She's yeah. She's like, I understand why. And so I forgive her. And so, but the doctor doesn't follow up question. Like, so why was that or whatever? She's just, I think she's saying what she needs, what needs to be said to get the fuck out of there is what she's doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And she could talk till doomsday and it will not change the fact that talking does not going to give her a child. She's like, I can't have a baby and I can't adopt. And it, we're going, Pam, you can adopt. You just, you're just impatient. Ne- ne- okay, I wrote that down. Neither of those things are true. She totally could have a kid. They told her she's very likely to be able to have a kid. She just has to, she just has to basically try. There's a chance she could miscarry again. She could try, and she also can totally adopt. You just have to like put your name on a list. You have to be like all the other people. And put you your can't name jump on the list. To the front of the you line. Just do that, right. right? If you just do that, then you could totally have a kid. You're you, and you would 100 get a kid. You just have to be patient. But the problem here is instant gratification, which I think is like a red flag in this situation because it just I think means that that's not really the problem because she could easily solve this problem, but she's not solving the problem, right? Like not even considering it. So. I don't know. I think it just shows like how angry she keeps getting when the doctor's asking her questions. Proves girl still has a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And she should Spiral. not be allowed out. Spirals. 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 I mean, it's Ooh. like Sarah was saying uh, a week, a week or two weeks ago. Like, who in their right mind is Pam's? Like, I want a baby. I can't have one. But like, who in their right mind is going to let you adopt one right now? When you're sitting there ranting and raving about it, like you're still not and okay. trying to jump off a building. You don't seem very safe. Yeah, you don't seem very safe to put a baby in. You know, no, I wouldn't give a baby to no, Pam like right she's now. going through like the five crazy. stages of grief, kind of mixed up and backwards. Like she's she's still not okay. Yeah. Do not give this woman a baby. Not yet. Yeah, no. She she yeah, was yeah, just yeah. on the top of her building, about to jump. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was. Le- leave the kid an orphan. Or half orphan. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, anyway, so then we cut to Ewing Oil, um, where Bobby finds out Jer went to New York. A little surprised. And then he's like, oh, okay, Phyllis, can you pull our health plan? And she was like, sure. So so she pulls it. And I just want to say, like, I don't think health plan information usually includes, like, the doctor's notes. No. That seemed a little weird to me. Because he pulled up like literally like 
the doctor's notes from JR's like physical exam from 1976, which it was July 14th, 1976. Oh, Bastille um, Day. By the way. Mm. Is it Bastille Day? Happy, <laughs> happy Bastille Day. Turn your head and cough, Mr. Ewing. <laughs> right. And it tells, so we get some information about JR in this, by the way. We find out in 1976, he was 42 years old. Interesting. Which means he was born in 1934. So he's older than I think he was supposed to be a little bit. Um, and the only meal that he eats regularly is dinner with his family, which I think is funny because I'm sure all of his other meals are basically liquid lunches. Mm, that's, that <laughs> was funny. Like I, the only meal yeah. I really eat is dinner. <laughs> dinner with my family. Yeah, whatever. And, mo- and, and most of his meals are li- liquid bread. We learned that he's a blood type. Yep, type B. Dun, dun, dun. Now, I, w- I want to ask our listeners, somebody can go back to paternity suit when we learned uh, that JR was the father of John Ross because he had the whole thing with Cliff and they had the same blood type. Part of my brain wants to say that O came up, but I don't. I haven't gone back to look. I'd just like somebody to go double check that if they have an opportunity. I'll, I will check my notes. I bet that I still have my notes from that one. Because if that's so, then they have switched his blood type. Uh, yes, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, good. We, we need to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and then Bobby says, Bobby's conclusion is that, you know, this JR is the father of the baby and as low as you can get. Mm, Banging yep. his wife's sister. Well, also, HIPAA violation. Right? <laughs> like, Phyllis, bring me all the confidential files now. <laughs> like, come on. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay. JR, you were banging your wife's sister. Little do you know, Bobby, that he raped his wife's sister. Right? Very true. Very true. Um, then we cut to Bobby getting a great parking spot drink on his way to meet... Uh, Faraday to give him the money. But uh, Faraday, I don't, these, I don't understand these meetings because they keep having meetings where they're having the same conversation over and over. Mm-hmm. Where Bobby's like, I want to see the baby. He's like, you'll see the baby. Just give me the money. And then he just keeps giving him more money. And well, so finally. Oh, look, uh, another cliche <laughs> situation. <laughs> there, there's another clitoris going on. <laughs> there's always another clitoris. There's always, Stan, always another clitoris. Stan, you must... Stan, you must find the clitoris. There it is. I knew somebody would get the South Park reference. Oh, So they're going to meet tomorrow at the medical center at noon for a test to prove that this so-called baby that we have not seen matches what's in the birth certificate. Footprints, right. blah, blah, blah. Is the real baby. Is that, yes. Yeah, the, yeah all the, the footprints all, and the blood type matches. It's the same baby. And if it's a match. Which is, I guess, a pretty good idea. If it's a match, Faraday will get an extra five thousand for a total of thirty thousand in exchange for the kid, and he'll get the hell out of Dallas. And he might throw in some diapers too. Yeah, he might. So generous. And he's like, okay, yeah. it's at noon. Cool, because I'm going to book a two p.m. flight to get the fuck out of here. And Bobby's like, okay. Yeah, and don't you don't you bother uh, coming back to this city ever again. So we got to Southern Cross, uh, where uh, Arthur Elrod, Sue Ellen's lawyer, calls, and we hear the divorce hearing is in two weeks. Can you come to my office tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. to discuss details, please? Yeah, in person. Mm, Serious. And scene. No. And scene. And then Ellie is playing the piano all by her lonesome in the living room. And what is she playing? The theme to Falcon The Dallas theme. (laughs) The Dallas theme, yes. She's totally, she's just kind of messing around, then all of a sudden she's playing the Dallas theme like, oh, that's so good. I want to know, did Barbara do that on her own? I bet she did. Yeah. Mm. I bet she was messing around and just <laughs> did it. So good. So meta. And you know who else uh, played the piano very well in the South Fork living room was, was Josh Henderson. And there's some video of it out there in between takes on the oh, new yeah? series. Nice. He would sit down at the piano oh, inside cool. and he would just tickle the ivories for everybody. Imagine being on oh, tour, fun. taking a tour of the ranch and there's Josh Henderson playing the piano. and. <laughs> I would like that very much. I would like that to happen. Josh Henderson, yes. please make that happen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so then Donna walks in and she's basically like, hey, Ray really needs to talk to Jock. Is there a way that can happen? 
Um, it was supposed to be a dinner that night, but Ray's in Braddock. Right, right, right. And Donna would rather have a brandy um, than coffee. Yeah, yeah, she would. Um, and then Miss Ellie concludes that, okay, Ray really is a Ewing because the Ewings totally have an inability to admit when they're wrong, which I think is funny. <laughs> uh, but Donna doesn't know what to do. Because then she she's just like, he's competing with JR, he's competing with Bobby, and he's competing with her. Yeah, that um, – and then Bobby comes in and says that Pam was depressed at dinner. And that just kind of – because they had su- suggested – oh, Ellie suggested, well, what if Bob, uh, Ray talked to Bobby? And then this kind of su- suggests uh, Bobby's probably a little bit preoccupied yeah. right now. So Right. He's got his own he show goes, right now. He, yep. Yeah, he's so preoccupied he's going up to bed. Yeah. Uh, so Ellie volunteers to talk to Ray, and uh, Donna's like, uh, "I don't know if it's going to help, but okay, I guess anything at this point." Maybe Ray will listen to Mama because that's like the closest thing he's got to a mother these days, right? And she even yeah. she even later refers to him as her son when she introduces him to Franklin Horner. I know, I love that. I love it. Um. And so we got to Elrod's office where Sue Ellen has come to talk. And, dude, why is Sue Ellen dressed like a maid? I <laughs> thought she looked like a friggin' Puritan coming off the Mayflower without the little bonnet hat. Th- that Peter Pan collar thing was, like, more than a bit much. It was too much. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, I'm like well, Sue Ellen, are you getting ready to go to Plymouth Rock? I mean, what's, what's going on here? She, yeah, she, she's going to go clean Pym- Plymouth Rock because it was somewhere between a Puritan and a French maid outfit. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to dress oh pure, as the, pure as the driven snow to win this divorce hearing. <laughs> oh, I actually wrote it was a Peter Pan collar from hell. <laughs> oh no! I, I yeah, you went with Peter Pan, and I saw it. And I'm sitting there going, "What? What? What the friggin' we we well, on the Mayflower?" Well, no, that's what those are actually. Those are actually called Peter Pan color. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a fashion. Um, so Elrond is worried that Jr. Like he was pretty easy during the first like temporary custody trial, but he thinks like he's gonna come way more like hardcore on the next trial because he's been like fighting everything every step of the way. Guns are blazing. Guns are going to be blazing. Right. And he's basically, and I feel like this describes Jr. in both situations. This is describing Jr. in the divorce. And this is describing Jr. in his current business dealings where he's like, Jr. is dangerous when he's backed into a corner. If he feels like he's backed into a corner, he's going to turn into an angry badger. And so honey badger, don't be careful about that. We know what they say about honey badger. Right. And so this is good advice that I feel like we need to like take the cartel aside and like whisper that to them Uh because they're just too busy twirling their mustaches. To think about this. (laughs) Mustache twirl. Jordan's too busy smoking his dope from his wife's uh, cannabis garden. (laughs) Yeah. He's too busy lighting up in his car. So then in New New York City. (laughs) New York City. So he's like, we just have things to figure out. I think they just have to determine, like, how many shares they want out on the market. And, you know, in a little little detail, they're going to need the FCC's approval first. So, you know, if you're, are your books sound? Because we have to make sure like your, your books are sound. Jared's like, oh yeah, they're fine. And what was the word they use? Prospectus. Prospectus. They have to write the prospectus. Yes. 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 JR's Um, a little shocked when he learns that it will take a a couple months at the, at the minimum. Right. And he's like, well, yeah, it'll be soon. A couple months. That is soon. And this game is a couple months. And JR's just like, you can just see on his face where he's like, this is not the solution I was looking for. That was that was supposed to be my Hail Mary, and it's turning into a Hail Satan. Right. Oh. Yes. It's not going well. So he's just kind of basically like, he just like, uh, by Felicia's uh, Paul Winslow and walks out the door. And Dusty is back from camping at White Ridge, and he's drinking right. some brewskis with his buddies. He is. And uh, we find out that the uh, roundup went really well, so that's why they're drinking some brewskis. So well that Dusty thinks he can go. He can do the next step. 
The Rodeo. (laughs) (laughs) The Rodeo. The Rodeo. Drive. Rodeo Drive. Uh, Do you guys remember who's who's seen D two The Mighty Ducks? I mean, it's been a long time. Oh my god! I wouldn't admit it, but I was too old for that one. You guys. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys. You guys were in your twenties, weren't you? Well, there was this. There was this scene where they were in Beverly Hills, and one of them was like, "What is this rodeo drive?" That's the first thing I thought of. (laughs) That's so funny. Rodeo? Uh, Who was that that called it a rodeo? I can't even remember. I don't know. It was was from someone earlier in this episode. Rodeo. It's a rodeo. It's a rodeo. I think it was a business. Was it a business guy that Jr. was meeting? It was talking about it. Yeah, something like that. Oh, so yeah, he's Dusty's gonna do the rodeo. Uh, dun dun dun. Uh, and I just wrote, uh, Dusty, you stupid son of a bitch. Settle it down. Mm-hmm. Take your little limp note rope and shove it back in your pants and oh dial God. it down. I, I I am a guest. Sue Ellen is a guest. She's a guest at this whole thing. She's just like, You're you're gonna hurt yourself. What are you doing? Uh in her Puritan outfit. It's not good. In her Puritan French maid outfit, yes. And then Ray comes to see Ellie. Uh, she wants to have a little heart-to-heart. Well, isn't that special? We're going to have Ellie chat. Yes, he does not want to do this. No. He does it begrudgingly because nope. it's Ellie. And right, but it's Ellie, so she straight out asks him, like, dead in the eye, and just says, do you... Do you not want to talk to me because you think it's a sign of weakness to talk about your problems with a woman? And Ray says, well, that's not it. (laughs) Exactly. Which that exactly tells you that that's exactly what it is. Right. If it says it's not, then it is. Um, And then, but it's good because out spills all of his insecurities about not being good enough um, and needing to prove himself to everyone. Measuring, trying to measure up to Sam Culver, who Donna was married to before, but they were married for different right. circumstances. Most it's like definitely. comparing apples and oranges. It always comes back to apples and oranges, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> uh, he doesn't feel – basically, he doesn't feel worthy of Donna, which is just – I get like you're putting your wife on a pedestal, but that's like not good in a relationship because that just means that like you're kind of being shitty to her in the process of not feeling worthy it's just ugh, right. not good. And it, and it he needs all the therapy. It shines a spotlight on your insecurity complex, inferiority complex. That's it. Yeah. A shining complex. He's like straight out and saying all of it. It's turning the aurora borealis um, on him. <laughs> right. And so then he finally tells Ellie exactly what, because she's like, no, I need to know exactly what the problem is and what the solve of it is. And so he tells her, like, I need $3 million. He spills the tea. And then she's just like, spills all the tea. Um, And then she's like, well, would you accept it from me? He would accept that from her. On the condition that they don't tell anybody and keep it it hush, hush. Keep it, you know, between (laughs) them two. And and this is going to drag this storyline to connect to another storyline later in the episode. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, and then we got to a, a really, uh, really short, weird scene of JR just staring into space. He's getting some of that Pam crazy eyes. He is, that's, I was going to say that. He has a little Pam crazy eye happening. Yeah. Maybe the two of them could drive the crazy train together. I, I, I. Um... <laughs> So it's rodeo time. Rodeo time. Rodeo. <laughs> and I really like Swellen's outfit here. It's like a, a like a two piece like yellow skirt, matching skirt, top set with some high uh, cowboy boots. I like them. I like it. So, nice. A little a little color after the black and white Puritan outfit. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. And John Ross is back at the Southern Cross with the maids. I mean, it's really not okay. a good place for a kid, probably. Yeah, probably. It's pretty loud. He'd need those little headphones. Put yeah, his ears. it's loud. It's probably hot. He's going to get cranky and want to go, probably. yeah, drunk and like want to go nap. I've never been to a rodeo, but I would imagine there's a lot of beer. That's like know. when I'm at a sports shoot that's one of those all day tournaments, and, I see, and it's 100 degrees out, and I see these families 
bring their dogs on leashes to these all day events and they're out there in that heat. I'm going, that's, I would rather leave the dog at home in the air conditioning than have the dog sitting out there getting cranky, being in the heat and panting all day. Yeah. It's like, just like the kid, leave him with the maid. Yeah. At the Crosby, Stills, and Nash song, The Southern Cross. Anyway, so then Dusty uh, draws a crowd. Huh. And um, then Clayton does, he he whispers to her, to Sue Ellen, like, you understand why he needs to do this, right? And, like, she gets it, but she's still not into it. She's like, this yeah. is the beginning of the end. Of the end. This is it. Yeah, yep. for sure. But she knew already. Like she's I think she was just waiting for the right moment. Yeah, no. She didn't want to admit it to herself because she uh-uh. likes the whole situation. So I wanna know, like, is this midweek because, you know, there's a rodeo going on and Sue Ellen's there, but also, you know, here's Ray and Miss Ellie walking into a bank. Unless they called like a Saturday That's meeting. True. Yeah. But I mean they're Ewings, they can probably get a private appointment on like a Saturday. Unless it's the morning, because, I mean, banks are open Saturday mornings, well, usually. Yeah. Well, wait, well, wait a minute. Bobby checks in with Phyllis, who's uh, who's working, too. So it must oh, be. Working. Yeah, that's true. During the week. It is a, so they have a rodeo yeah. during the week. Okay. <laughs> huh. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Hmm. A rodeo this during the This is more the, the serious rodeo people. Yeah, it's like, let's, yeah. let's just, like, knock off work and go to this rodeo. <laughs> Yeah, cool. And it was a good crowd skipping work at that rodeo too. Mm-hmm. Stands what? There were really full. Was. Yep. Yeah, Bob and Bobby does check with Phyllis. Like rodeo fan. Yeah. Yeah. Faraday will be there at the medical center in an hour, and Bobby won't be back to the office, and we'll call him later. Phyllis tells him that uh, Jr. is flying home, and we'll go straight to South Fork from the airport. Back to the rodeo. <laughs> Back to the rodeo, which I have to say, it's really weird because this footage of Dusty in the rodeo looks a whole lot like the footage that Dusty's been watching of himself on loop in his little Sunset Boulevard room. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Weird. I think he's even wearing the same outfit. Same camera but, angles and everything. But who, who who's noticing? Because we're not going to be watching I'm this. noticing. Because we're... Because Who's going to notice? Because you're not going to be watching this 40 years later. Right. No one's ever going to watch this episode ever again. So who's going to know? Right. <laughs> it's just like, oh, there's like some weird time travel thing happening or something. And then there's the announcer is like, and up here's Dusty Farlow. We didn't think we'd ever see him ride again. I guess he's more man than we are. <laughs> okay. Except in the pants. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> And Sue Ellen is concerned because the rider before Dusty f- fell off the... Yeah. Yeah, like fucked off, like pretty hard. Yeah. Right. And she, I, she realizes she's lost him once he does well in that ride. She's hoping... I think in the back of her mind, she's hoping he doesn't do well, so he doesn't rejoin the rodeo. Yeah, but, maybe. Yeah. But he does. He stays on the entire time, gets a score of 68 points. Right. And he's wearing That's the number good. nine on his back. Yeah. And then we cut to the bank where Ellie and Ray go to see Franklin Horner about borrowing the $3 million, which uh, Franklin's like, so this is kind of awkward, <laughs> but you don't have any money in the bank. We're, we're going to have to cue you in on what else is going on in another storyline here. Right. Have you heard what your son is doing? He's buying up all these tank right. farms, renting out these tank farms and mm-hmm. stockpiling all this oil and the prices are dropping. And yeah, he's yeah. put up $50 million in collateral or Ewing assets. and Spills the tea because Ellie basically, he's like, I shouldn't say. And then Ellie just gives him like the mom eye. And then he's just like, okay, all right. I'll tell you everything. We need to get a mop out there because there's a lot of tea being spilled in this episode. Uh-huh. Ellie gets pissed. And worried. And then she's like, no, she's, we're still going to, like, I'll put up collateral to give you money, Ray. And Ray is just, Ray does not feel comfortable with that. Ray won't, Ray won't hear of it. And then we cut to Pam has taken a taxi back to South Fork. And, like, mm, was she supposed to leave? Because I don't think she was supposed to leave. 
I feel like she checked herself out and that's not what anybody wants but her. Yeah. And I mean, but can they can they keep her there at this I point? Mean, like cuz I don't no they can't. But I just have to I say don't think they, no one wants her. This baby, this baby is not Eric Farlow, is it? This baby is different. This baby, no. I'm sorry, this baby is a, this baby is adorable. I love this baby. This baby's it is adorable. I like adorable. Eric Farlow too. I think he's a cute baby. He's a cuter toddler. Even Patrick Duff, even Patrick Duffy referred to him as the ugly baby. No, Victoria. What? Well, that was Victoria. Patrick Duffy, I I think that they're wrong. That was Victoria. She well, said it on a talk it. show. <laughs> I was like, damn. She did too. Because I, I had heard she Patrick did. had said something too. It was Victoria. Oh, wow. She was like, did. why? Because he was an ugly baby. Ha ha ha. And it was like, oh shit. <laughs> I think he's a cute baby. I like his little curly hair. And his his face went like whenever he'd start to cry. Yeah. I, I can imagine is Dr. Conrad trying to track down Bobby to off camera to let him know that Pam has checked herself out of the hospital? Probably, but yeah, I would imagine Bob, she probably would be, but, but Bob, he's kind Bobby's of gallivanting around. Yeah, he's out. He's out traipsing with Faraday at the moment. Traipsing and gallivanting. And I like the little on. sign on the side of the taxi. It's just one of those cheap signs that was made with, along with Cliff's uh, campaign yeah. posters. A marker and some tape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good times. And then we cut to the the doctor's office, and the nurse brings out the baby, and she's just like, so, Mister Shepherd. Right. I don't know why you didn't think this was your real baby. <laughs> think about that. Like, I feel like the doctor's office needs to have some follow-up questions. Or, like, they're coming there to be like, I think there was a mix-up at the hospital, and maybe this isn't our real baby. What? <laughs> you know, that's a terrible story. You can just... Can't you just be like, you know what, me and my wife are um, going through a divorce, and, like... I need to know all this medical stuff about the baby. Like, this is this is my kid. What's his blood type? Blah, 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 blah. Like, that's a better cover right. story. Right. Then, like, yeah. I think they were switched at the hospital. Or, I don't know. Or, true flag. story, I found out I was the father of this baby because right. my, like, right. my girlfriend or whatever died. He's got the birth certificate, father unknown. Can we find out if I'm the father? <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, can you eliminate right. me? Or And then when, when Bobby finds out he's not... When Bobby's like, yeah, uh, also, I'm not type B blood, but whatever. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm not the father. Oops, come on, baby Christopher. Mm. Whoops, I guess we're leaving now. No, then they call the police. Like, <laughs> that's a terrible story. I don't. I know. <laughs> well, and they're just like, fine. They're like, okay, I guess here's. But then again. Because nobody's going to be analyzing this 40 years later. So just, <laughs> just, but we, just accept it and move on. We to do. <laughs> we do eventually find out who Christopher's father is. We do. We do. Well, we do kind of. We do. But I say, I don't want to spoil anything. I feel, I feel like there's still, like if the series had kept going now, they, you could easily take a DNA test to find out for sure who his father was. And it could be a different person than uh-huh. they thought. And now he hands the baby over to Bobby with a, a flimsy car seat that is put in the front seat facing forward. But that's what car like seats it. were back then. My first car seat was junk. <laughs> and it doesn't look like it's it was, even... I don't I think we even see them buckle the seatbelt in on camera. We don't. We don't. It's it hurt, it hurt every fiber of my motherly being, but I think that's just how things were done in 81. But holy shit, that kid would be dead if anything happened. Mm-hmm. Right, because now you have these ones that... They latch in with the things under the seat and this, and it's secured. And you, I have to be in the back seat. Like I don't even know if he'd be able to legally ride in that car nowadays. Yeah, and they have and to be. Has, they can't be facing forward. Seat. They have to be facing back. Yeah. So it's like. Yep. Every red flag was going off there, and he throws in some diapers and formula. What a nice guy. Yep. Yep. And says that he likes chicken and carrots. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who else besides a father would know that shit? Don't let him eat too much. It's like, oh, okay. Stranger taking care of this baby. I won't Stranger let him eat too danger. much. Stranger danger. Stranger <laughs> danger. What are you well, drinking this evening? Anything interesting? This is a, um, a lager called Lake James Rind. They, they make a, I think there's a lime and a rind, which is, this is supposed to be like watermelon rind. And oh. I had 
the the craft beer shop they sell them. It's made by Fanta Flora Brewery, and it's a real like light pool drinking kind of beer. And I had it in. It's, this is probably not the politically correct term, but I first tried this beer as a quote unquote Mexican ashtray. And I think there is probably a different term for it, which I need to Google and I probably should Google because I don't feel like that's a good like PC term for it, but it's literally like some spicy stuff that goes around the rim and a little bit of hot sauce in the beer can. Oh, I want to say, okay, now I'm curious. What is that? Okay. I was telling Josh about my beer and how I first tried it and what, what it was called. And it's called a, I know it as a Mexican ashtray, but I don't think that is the correct. Okay, the dirty ashtray. It's also known as a dirty ash ashtray. That's like a dirty Sanchez. Yeah, it's it's made with like hot sauce, <laughs> hot sauce, and some what? spices. <laughs> and you usually make it with just like a, a lager, like maybe it can be any kind of lager. So Sue, El- Sue Ellen is still uncomfortable with Dusty's success in the next scene. And then, okay, Bobby calls Donna, and Donna, I love this scene because Donna is totally day drinking white wine. I wrote, get it, girl. Should we drink too? Because she's, she's drinking. She's in there day drinking white wine. Sure. Do we drink, drink anytime too. someone else is drinking? No, oh, we God, would need new, dead, li- but we can, we need new livers. Um, but Bobby is basically like, hey, can you get my mama out of the house around five so I can confront JR about this baby? He doesn't tell Donna what he does. He doesn't confronted. say about the baby. He doesn't tell them about the baby, but he just wants to confront our JR about something. And she's just like, oh, okay, you want to confront JR? Sure, I'll do it. And then he says, okay, Christopher, let's go meet your real daddy. Back to the rodeo. Back to the rodeo. Back to the rodeo, yes. Sue Ellen is ending it because Dusty belongs on the rodeo circuit, and she thinks that she's a reminder of his one failure. Such harsh. Yeah, she basically breaks up with him. And then he gets pulled back into his crowd. Yeah, he does get, but he seems upset at first, and then she's just like, "Tell me if none of, like you belong in the rodeo, and like I'm just a reminder of your quote unquote one failure, and you need this, and I can't be a part of this. Tell me I'm wrong." And he's just like, "Oh, I can't do that." So then he did, literally, literally gets pulled away by his yeah. entourage. entourage. That is rude as fuck, by the way. Like, they're breaking up, and they're just like, hey, hey, woo! And I'm just like, right? What the fuck? Go! And Dusty, Go away. Dusty lets it happen, He's too. like, oh, we'll he's talk later. Like, okay. And so I was like, I made the right decision. Yeah, <laughs> right. we won't, we won't like, talk later. Like, she's upset, but Bye-bye. it's like, mm, nope. She's just left there crying. Like, she's literally crying, and the crowd's like, okay, we're taking him away. We're taking away party time. Woo! You're free. You're free. Woohoo! And we come to the the concluding scenes. Donna and Ellie are leaving South Fork, getting into Donna's car, and they're pondering why men are so stubborn (laughs) as they're about to leave South Fork. But Donna, it was interesting. They were talking about Ray not accepting the money from Ellie and... Donna has known all along because of her intuition, and because she's not Ray, yeah, Ray has to come to her. She can't offer, and she knows that. That's so dumb. And they think it's dumb. They're like, it's so dumb because it is. El stupido. (laughs) And so they are leaving as Jr. is pulling in, and Ellie's like, "Er, stop. I need to talk to Jr. So I'm gonna bail out of this. And you can see, like, Donna's like. But I'm supposed to take you away. I but she failed. Can't say that. And so Ellie just gets out of the car, and then Donna's like, well, I tried, and drives away. Donna should have floored it and peeled yeah. out with the screeching tires. No, Ellie, you're not getting out of this car. So then Ellie walks in to South Fork living room as Jair's making himself a drink, and she immediately puts on, like, a mean mom voice. Like she's like, Jr. Elizabeth, you're gonna sit. And J- listen to me, Jr. Elizabeth. Jr. Elizabeth. 
I've seen that in other like fandoms and stuff, like you know, J.R. Elizabeth Ewing, Elizabeth, exactly. You're John, gonna sit down and listen to your mother, John Ross, <laughs> Elaine Ewing, John Cumberbatch Ewing, John Ross, Carol, and Ewing. Breaking out all those names, there must be trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know there's trouble, and J.R. knows he's in trouble, and then at that moment. Bobby pulls up with baby Christopher and talk about ADR voiceover dialogue here because it sounds like Bobby's doing a major voiceover. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He says, let's see what JR has to say about having another son to raise. And to this, I say, what? What the fuck? At this moment, I realize Bobby really has no plan besides just confronting JR with a kid. Like, what are they going to do with the kid? He doesn't know. Like JR's not going to take no, care of the no kid. JR's not going to take care of the kid. No, like, he's never changed a diaper in his life. Somebody is going to have to take care of that kid. Where's Jocelyn Brando? Can she come back? He literally has no plan. He's just using a baby to like make his brother mad or whatever. And he doesn't and, know like, it yet. But like, literally, did he not pass Donna on the way in? Like as she was leaving, did he not notice he that his mother wasn't in the car? No, he because they had already left, okay. so they would they would have just missed each other. I think they, yeah. he would not have known because like the minute he um, walks through the door, he's like, "Oh shit, she was not supposed to be here." Right? He's just like, "Oh, he hears him arguing," but he doesn't have long to think about it because here comes Pam. Crazy Pam is just all like loses her goddamn mind. Bobby, and he's just like, you got oh, a baby. I mean, that's what she needed apparently, but I mean, it's. It's not realistic um, because she's not suddenly cured. In, in real life, right. you would not be suddenly cured like that. But not at all. Not at all. Pam is like, she's just baby, like if, if that baby can cure all of her problems, then that baby needs to be known as a medical drug or have some medical degree. Right out of the womb. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. It's just, Bobby, you got us a baby. And you could just see Bobby's face like, oh, shit, I fucked all of this up. Oh, what did I do? What did I do? Um, and so he, it's just a, a freeze frame on Bobby's like face where he realizes he's made a terrible mistake. And we have to drink oh, twice no. because it's not a freeze frame of JR. All the things that could go wrong went wrong. Ellie was not yep. out of the house. Nope. Pam was home. Where did she come oh, from? Oh boy! Right. What the Bobby? Heck? If you were Bobby, if you were in the office, Doctor Conrad would have called you. His plan did not go as planned. His plan has been foiled. <laughs> and yep. seen. And seen. So I give this four point three five bourbons because I think a lot of the episode is like. But that end part where everything act- comes together slash just falls apart is gold. And Pam losing her goddamn mind mm-hmm. is, holy shit, is so entertaining. So I gave this 4.35 bourbons. There's not much left to lose, is there? And a psychotic baby rant. And I went with a 4.5 because they had, I like how Donna and Ray's, or Ray's issue is what brought Ellie clued her into what was going on with JR. So it starts to intertwine here a little bit more. And then, of course, Pam at the end, the whole thing with... And and now we have Christopher. Now we have Christopher, officially a character. So I give it a four or five and a a throw in some diapers. I did 4.75 bourbons and many HIPAA violations. Many. Lovely. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we did not see Lucy in this episode. Oh, nope. we did and not. We did right. not have. We did not have a throwaway or scene Mitch. with Mitch. No, nope. working out. So we yeah. never found out, at least in this episode, what, what? Uh, Mrs. Rogers yeah. and her daughter and the whole yeah. thing going on in the office, doctor's office, was True. all about. We did so. not. Yep. And next next week, we hope uh, Sarah will obviously be taking a taxi yes. back to our yes. podcast mm-hmm. and. <sighs> Pull up with her luggage. Yes, for sure. As we talk about and Waterloo at South Fork. Waterloo at South Fork. Episode 88. Yeah. And in the meantime, you can join us on our Facebook group. Are uh, you in BBQ? If you and, answer uh, all of the membership questions. Right. Make if you're going to join, sure. a- just answer the questions so we know that you're not a bot because we've been getting a lot of bots lately. Oh. And I'm not letting them in. 
So uh, come and join us. We have a lot of fun discussions. Um, we have fun memes and uh, I don't know, just a lot of a lot of good Dallas content. And, and do we, we still also have the have merchandise? We still do have merchandise. Yep, that is. Uh, you can go to uh, Bitly slash Ewing BBQ merch, or if you just go to your show notes, you can see the link and click on it, and it'll take you to our merch. We have some cool like hoodies and T-shirts and mugs. I have a coffee mug that I use. I've been using like almost daily that I really like. It's a really nice. I took a mug, mug with it. I took a mug with an offensive logo, and I put our sticker oh, over yeah. it. So stickers, it's now a Ewing because we have so stickers now, as well. So it's now a Ewing Barbecue podcast mug that I made on my own with the sticker. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can DIY it. Um, we also have a Twitter. So if you do the Twitter, you can join us on there. That's BBQ Ewing. And, of course, uh, the Patreon. So uh, we will see you there, or we will see you next time. Until then, bye. And we'll take a moment to remember jim davis whose birthday would be august 26th and y'all come back now you hear have a good night y'all i got nothing witty to say <laughs> i don't all right. I, all right oh giggity there you go jr jr we've got to talk <laughs> jr elizabeth oh wait cecilia <laughs> J.R. Elizabeth Cecilia. Uh, keep going. Oh, We're going to keep going with that. Catherine. <laughs> Catherine. Mary. Joseph. Cumberbatch. Paul. Cumberbatch. <laughs> Ewing. Get your ass down here. Junior. Or, or, get down or, here. Or as my sister's mother-in-law would say, get your rosy red rectum down here. Next on Dallas. I'm going to win custody of my son if I have to drag his mother through the mud. You do realize, of course, that the Ewing name might be dragged with her. I don't want you persecuting that girl. When I come home tonight, you're going to be real proud of me. I have the witnesses and the depositions to prove that you're a tramp, a drunk, and an unfit mother. You wouldn't do that. Wouldn't I? Now, you know me better than that. I want my boy back, and I'm going to get him. And I don't care what it takes or who I have to break to do it. Then you're going to have to break me, Jr.